Well, the Rams' offense has never really gotten in rhythm. And Warner goes back to throw, and here's the blitz by Mike Rabel. The pass is intercepted. Picked up by Tyler. 30, 25, 20, 15, touchdown, touchdown. Tyler picks it off and takes it to the house, and the Patriots take the lead. Well, New England, you have the best football team in the world right now. The Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. You want to serve the Commonwealth, this is your chance. This is our scene. Heidi driving to right field, that one's going to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back to his head. It's gone, it's in the bullpen. This game is tied, this game is tied. everybody and welcome to another jam-packed live episode of the commonwealth of champions podcast and we are once again mashing it up with our with our brothers in crime the uh, the boston sports blitz podcast so first of all i do want to welcome in mike debate my co-host welcome mike la, la, la. La, la. <laughs> it is always a pleasure to join the mic with you guys uh it is super bowl sunday it is february 3rd 2019 it is the afc champion new england patriots seeking their record sixth super bowl championship which would tie them for the pittsburgh steelers with the most in nfl history also going against the los angeles rams seeking their second lombardi trophy in franchise history one is a member of the st louis rams and this would be their first in los angeles it's boston it's los angeles it is super bowl sunday and we are fired up and ready to go my friend absolutely absolutely and of course like i said at the beginning of this uh, fantastic show that we're going to have we are once again joined by the boston sports blitz guys he it is chris black it is steven thompson hello fellas <laughs> la 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 what's going on what's going today Hey, it's you know, it's it's just another Super Bowl Sunday, something that we've uh, we've very much become accustomed to here the last uh, twenty years or so. So uh, you know what? Again, it's just another day in February for us. So I, I, I uh, you know, I, I I wanted to play, and it, it's a great Sunday too because we got a little bonus yesterday, and I, I you know, you heard it at the top, you know, right before the intro of this the show, uh, Ty Law. And, and, and this is where we're going to start before we really dive into the Super Bowl. Ty Law last night was uh, elected uh, into the Hall of Fame. He was one of uh, the five uh, players, uh, current players, current era players that were, uh, you know, chosen to be inducted later this summer. And um, all I can say is it, it's it's just it's it's a great feeling to see him get in because, you know, he was the guy. He was the guy between Deion Sanders and and. Darrell Revis, he was an all-pro cornerback, you know, 
always performed at you know at the highest level on the biggest stage and and really the first member of this uh dynastic patriots to uh get into the hall of fame and um yeah, I just want to kind of open the floor to you guys. I'll start with Mike and just uh, give your thoughts. I mean, I know, I know, I know. We were all getting chills listening to that uh, that that Gil Santos call at the beginning. So, well, it's amazing. It's just seeing Ty Law be able to be finally inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame is so deserving. And um, you know, Ty's career really speaks for itself. I mean, this is a guy whose physicality and just signature speed was the perfect combination and caused really caused the, the game to be changed because of the way he played the game and because of the way he was able to defend. That to me is the mark of a Hall of Famer and people that are really um, you know, having the, the gall I would say to question whether or not that was something that was really warranted this morning is, is something that's beyond me. Ty Law is definitely a well-deserving Hall of Famer. 53 career interceptions ranks him 24th all-time on the NFL list. That's an impressive list considering the players that have played that position. Uh, when you think about everything that he's uh, you know gone through in his career, um, 838 tackles, 7 touchdowns, 5 sacks in the, in the backfield. That's not an easy thing to do when you're a corner that it really is designed for shutdown to get after the quarterback that many times is impressive. So you have to tip your hat to Ty Law. Uh, what a tremendous career. You know he's always going to be beloved up here in New England uh, because of the clutch play that he you know, just put in time and time again. Uh, it seemed like when the playoffs were on, Ty Law's time, was it was his time to shine. And it is definitely great to see him inducted into the Hall of Fame. So well-deserved and happy for him. Um, Nora Princiati, who's really done some amazing work this year uh, for the Boston Globe, had an anecdote on Twitter last night that I thought was hilarious, that when Ty Law finally got the knock on the door that he was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, his first reaction was, I really hope that's not room service. And you know, I think that just sums up everything that really you know embodies this player and um, he really had some very kind words for uh, Tom Brady who took time out of his schedule this week uh, to write a letter uh, to uh, the, uh, the Hall of Fame committee on his behalf really really pining for uh, uh, for Ty to get in so uh, well deserved and uh, there's another Patriot right on the cusp as well uh, and uh, Chris I know you'll get into this a little bit I did a little stat pulling for you last night my friend too to prove that uh, your guy is more than worthy of induction, and he'll get his day someday. But today is about Ty Law, and I'm so happy for him. Absolutely. How can you not be? When the when the lights shine the brightest, that's where your Hall of Fame is really stand out, and that pretty much sums up Ty Law's career in a nutshell. Like you said, they changed the rules because of Ty Law. Plain and simple. People can debate all they want, but that's just the the reality of the situation going on right now. Him coming from the beginnings, he came very humble for beginnings for Ty Law. His journey is just incredible. And I don't know if anyone here has read the piece. I'm sure everyone has where Ty Law is right to his younger self. If you haven't, I strongly suggest you read that. Very enlightening story. Well-deserved. It was that the one uh, that was in the Players' Tribune? Because that, that was fantastic. And yeah. He, yeah. And, and that was another thing. I'm glad you actually touched on it, Mike, because, you know, this is something that it always baffles me is how people that aren't involved with the team, that aren't around the team, that speak on specifically Tom Brady's character and, and who he is as a person and in a negative light, 
for that. You know, obviously, again, we've we've seen a lot of the 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 Trump backlash over the last week. You know, which obviously makes a lot of sense because that was so current. But, um, but yeah, you can just see just the 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 admiration that ex teammates have, and and Ty Law in particular talked about the story about how him and uh, Tom kind of facilitated uh, a meeting between Belichick and law in, in 2008 and, and trying to get him to come back. And, and he said in the piece that, you know, that's, that's something he wished he would have done over and actually accepted the deal. So, you know, th- this is something where like, this is just another long example of, of these ex teammates, uh, you know, appreciating the time that, you know, obviously Brady took to write this letter in the middle of Super Bowl week. And, and again, this is, I mean, Ty Law should have got in with with or without the letter. I mean, his, his resume speaks for himself. Hell, that that divisional round game against uh, the Colts, uh, I mean, the AFC Championship game against the Colts should have got him in just on that because of him picking off Peyton Manning three times, you know, on in a year where he threw 49 touchdowns. So, you know, it, it's just a – let's just say it's a good feeling that, you know, 17 – you know, this is 17 years to the day since the Patriots won that Super Bowl against St. Louis, and uh, you know that's where Ty Law really made his uh, made his mark, and and now it's kind of come full circle. They're playing the Rams again, and Ty Law is the uh, the first member of this uh, dynasty to be in the Hall of Fame, and hopefully not the last. We know there's a couple more that uh, <laughs> that will be getting in, and wow. so, but unfortunately, I, I was going to say unfortunately. I just want to touch on one thing. Here. Oh, go go for it. Go for it. We all know who the next guy, you know, who didn't make it is. He's my boy, Richard Seymour. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I have no idea if he's listening. Probably not. He's probably got bigger things. <laughs> hey, hey, no, no, no. Be, be confident. He's definitely <laughs> listening right now. He's listening, right. But uh, he's my boy. He knows it. He knows how I feel about the whole Hall of Fame situation. I haven't gone, on a side note, I haven't gone to one Patriots Hall of Fame ceremony yet. And I will not do so until he gets brought home. So yeah. uh, this is just a minor setback, and when ultimately is going to land in his jacket because he's definitely deserving. Don't don't let numbers that you see fool you. He doesn't have the glare and stats like a lot of people think, but that man was a monster on that line, unblockable one on one. Couldn't do it. No, he truly was, and Chris, I'm glad you brought that up about statistics because his stats in, in and of itself are very impressive when you take a look at what he's been able to do. Seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro. Um, he was the PFWA All-Pro in 2002. Uh, he's been a member of the Patriots' 50th anniversary team and the All-2000s team. Um, this is a guy that put forth a lot of effort, not only on the, uh, the, the, uh, the football field on the defensive side, but people forget that he occasionally played fullback on short yardage and goal line situations. It's something that, you know, as a two-way player in the NFL, you've seen Mike Grable and guys like that do that. He really embodied what it meant to be a Patriot to be able to do that and was very effective in doing so. He also was able to make the Pro Bowl as both a 4-3 defensive tackle and a 3-4 defensive end. That's impressive. That's something that shows versatility, and it shows just how great of a defender he was. I completely agree with you. Uh, He will be enshrined in Foxborough. He'll get that red jacket, and I know he'll be enshrined in Canton as well, and I believe he'll get that gold jacket. So this is a dual threat. It's just, like you said, a minor setback, but Richard Seymour is definitely um, deserving of that, and you saw a lot of former Patriots last night who were congratulating Ty Law including Ty himself, saying that Richard Seymour deserves to be the next one to get that call, and I believe he will. I think it's only a matter of time. You know, it's funny. Yeah, ask Peyton Manning. Oh, go, go ask ahead. Peyton Manning 
Ask Peyton Manning if Ty Law should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I believe Manning was once quoted where he said, if Ty Law makes the Hall of Fame, I should be the one to induct him because I did more to put him there than anybody else did. And you know what? And you know what? It is. I mean, for all the stuff that we give Peyton Manning, every once in a while we'll come up with a pretty good quip, and that, that really is good, and it's accurate, too. I mean, you think of oh, the yeah. indelible moments, with the exception of that pick six in the Super Bowl, Ty Law's big other moments were picking off Peyton Manning. And so, I mean, you know, you think about it, it really does fit. Well, if there's yeah, anything I, mean, we, the, I was going to say. the three against them in a yep. divisional round game. Well, Pey- Peyton's always good at a little good uh, self-deprivation. Depri- <laughs> De- uh, I'm glad I had my coffee because I almost fumbled that even, like, completely worse. Like, it, I don't even want. I don't even want to allude to what I almost said, but you know what I'm saying. But yeah, Pey- Peyton's great at that, and 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 really, it would be kind of it would be kind of funny to see him up there do that, and, and in a way, it would be very fitting. But I mean, it, it, I don't know if he's uh, Ty has said anything about who he wants to introduce him. I I, I may have missed that, um, but you know, again, I you know this is this is the time where you're going to start seeing these guys, especially from this first three Super Bowl runs start to, uh, you know, start to get in. And, and like, the, it's, it's a fun discussion to have because, like, you know, the Patriots aren't like the 49ers. You know, they're not going to have a, a just a laundry list of Hall of Famers, not like the Steelers in the 70s. You know, I think this group is, you know, based on current standards, it's, it's going to be a pretty small group. I mean, personally, um, I think I think Ty Law, obviously, <laughs> just got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Tom Brady, duh. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, uh, Richard Seymour, um, and I guess you want to say Randy Moss, Junior Seau, those guys, yeah. But you know they had a cup of coffee with the Patriots and uh, Rob Gronkowski, and, and and even then, even then, it's like I wouldn't like I, I I'm all for Rob getting in, and and I I think the uh, jump to call him a first ballot Hall of Famer was a bit premature because we we can see now that, you know, he's probably not going to play the length of time he's going to need to do that. But he should get in and, and, you know, unless I'm missing someone, that that might be it for the the Patriots Hall of Fame class. What about uh, Big Ben? Oh, Big Ben. That's a a tough one. I mean, look, I... Personally, I'm a, I'm a very uh, I, I think the, the the Hall of Fame should be uh, incredibly hard to get into. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not you know right. you know so I, I think especially nowadays it drives me crazy when when people are like, well, future Hall of Famer who's in his third year. No, no, stop, guys. Like, re- relax. Like, it. I don't. You know, do I think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer? I don't know. <laughs> Everyone seems to think he's a he's a lock for the Hall of Fame, but why? You know, so but again, like I said, my 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 grade or my my uh, level of, of uh, I guess I don't know my my Hall of Fame credentials or at least how I feel the Hall of Fame should be judged is is, is much tighter than what it is now. I feel like it's a little bit looser, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Am I missing anyone? You guys think anyone else in this Patriots uh, reign uh, might um, get in? What about no, Rodney? Mean, what about Rodney? Yeah, I'm sorry, Ooh. Rodney Harrison, maybe. That's a, that's a that's another good one. I mean, we're we're talking about guys that are just like really could go either way. I, I love Rodney, yeah. and, and we're all talking. I mean, these are all Red Jacket Patriots Hall of Famers, no doubt. Um, I think Rodney, I I like Rodney in there. I think he makes a good case. I I, I don't know. I guess I would have to to kind of dive into the you know 
dive into the numbers a little bit and see where where he ranks because I I know the the popular thing that popped up recently was the whole Julian Edelman thing and and yeah look I don't Just, think right right this second I don't think he's a Hall of Famer and I don't even think he should get consideration that's not insulting Julian Edelman but you know look as great as he's been in the postseason the guy's number two hundred and sixty two on the list of uh, all-time receiving yards and all that stuff so he he's got some work to do so again I, i'm not you know jumping the gun early on him but yeah i'm glad there. you mentioned edelman because that was a very popular debate going back and forth this week and people were saying about oh well you know if julian belongs there or if if you can't put welker in or what's better i mean i've heard him you know compared to you know, so many uh, you know other guys as, as well. I even heard the the, term, the word "peerless price" come in and saying that he oh, was geez. more deserving of Julian Edelman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Ian, Ian and I know who, Ian and I know where that was coming from. But you oh, know what? We'll digress. God. We're all about positive. Yeah. We're all about positive today. Um, <laughs> you know, so that that kind of made peerless me see red a little bit. Wow. But, but if you think about. I know there's an emotional attachment to Julian Edelman up here. And listen, he is going to wear a red jacket in the Patriots Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any question about that. I think in terms of a guy that's been so um, integral to what the Patriots have done in the second half of the Brady-Belichick era, uh, Julian Edelman's been right there. I mean, he's been right there with Rob Gronkowski, with Tom Brady, uh, with the guys that have been able to push this team and this franchise forward. So, He's a guy that's definitely going to wear that red jacket in Foxborough, but when you take a look at what he has done in his career, I agree with Ian. I don't think it's even a consideration at this point to say that he's going to be a pro football Hall of Famer. You never know from one year to the next what's going to happen with these guys. Pro football is so difficult, and I think you also made a good point, my friend, when you said pump the brakes on people that are in the league one or two years and you're already calling them future Hall of Famers. It doesn't work that way. It's not a situation where you are able to anoint someone a future Hall of Famer. I heard people say that about Patrick Mahomes last night, winning the the MVP. He had a tremendous season, no question about it. But Patrick Mahomes has to stay healthy and have a long career in order for him to be considered for enshrinement in, in Canton. So, you know, you can't throw that term Hall of Famer around so prematurely. You see, you know, so many media talking heads do that all the time. You have to be level-headed in that situation. So, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, this is a question that I kind of want to open up to the field as well, as long as we're talking um, the dichotomy between the Patriots Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. In terms of the Patriots Hall of Fame now, now we're getting into the circumstance where a lot of that first wave of the Brady-Belichick era and those guys have been enshrined. You've seen Teddy Bruschi go in, Ty Law, we saw Matt Light go in earlier this year. Um, There are guys, and these guys have all been well-deserving, and there are so many guys on this team that you could single out and say they deserve to be there, they really deserve to have their name up on, you know, the wall of one Patriots place in the Patriots Hall of Fame. What do the Patriots do here? Because I know there's a lot of these guys that are going to be ready to be enshrined, and the fact that they've had a second wave now of Patriots uh, that are going to be enshrined when they're ready to hang up their cleats, they have this rule right now where you have one inductee per year. Do any of you guys think that we could see an increase in that within the next couple of years to get these guys in, or do you think they kind of go along the same path that they're going right now because we know there's never going to be a run like this again, and you don't want to run out of you know, players to induct and then just start inducting anybody and cheapen the Hall of Fame. It's kind of a slippery slope, guys. Where do you see this going with the Patriots Hall of Fame? 
Well, I think they have to absolutely open up to more than just one person. Because, like you said, these people want, you know, life goes by fast. You can keep hanging on to one at a time as someone who could be justifiably deserving into the Hall of Fame. He could be gone by the time his number right. comes up. Let Good these point. players enjoy it. So you have to open up. If, if not, on, I mean, you don't got to go crazy to like two, three, four, five guys. Just do a couple a year for now, maybe even three at the max. Because there's a ton of people who belong in the Patriots Hall of Fame, without question. Well, and one in particular, I, but I've been writing <laughs> that all week. So. What, Kyle Van Noy? He's going to get in there. He'll be there. I know that. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Ed. Kyle Van Noy, that's right. He's the next one. Skip, You know what? Let's let's just let's just skip all the process and just put him in right now. I, I'm I'm for it because you know what? I I get the feeling he's going to have a Hall of Fame worthy type game today. But you know we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. You know once we really dive into the uh, X's and O's of this game. But um, yeah, I mean I I'm kind of you know I'm kind of with you I, again. I I don't. You know, just like I feel with the NFL or the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's like, you know, I, I worry about it getting watered down. But, you know, again, like how often do you look at uh, a run that has lasted as long? And, and you know, of course, we know that the, the second Brady is <laughs> is eligible, he's going to get in that year. I mean, there, there's no surprise as to who's going to be inducted when Brady's finally done. You know, it'll be him and he'll be the main you know, the main feature, but, you know, there's a lot of guys that des- that are deserved. I mean, think about M- Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower and Julian Edelman and, and you know, these guys that have, have been key cogs to this. Patrick Chung, you know, all those guys, you know, they're, they've been key cogs to this this second run. I mean, four Super Bowl appearances of five years, uh, three, you know, possibly three wins in, in five years again. So it's, it's, you know that 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 Patriots Hall of Fame is going to be. Uh, they might, <laughs> honestly, they might need to consider putting on another addition to the the Hall at Patriot Place because there might be a whole section just for each uh, each run here. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see when it's all said and done. And uh, you know, hopefully Brady doesn't get inducted until the year twenty fifty, the year that he finally retires. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we can watch him play uh, with his kids. <laughs> well, between 2050 and 2055, I think, is what we're kind of projecting okay. right now. All right. I think that's, that's right now I that's think a safe bet. Vegas. You're going to give yourself a five-year cushion with, with Tom. You never know, you know. Exactly. Right, right. Well, because we, we, we obviously – and, and it's, it's funny because, like, again, you know, the, the, the question has been thrown out all all year and it's just like how many times does a guy have to say he's not retiring after this year and um you know i've been asked the question too a couple times this week you know what percentage do you put you know uh, retirement option for for brady and belichick if they win this and uh you know my answer has been pretty simple it's zero point zero <laughs> really i mean it just i mean a big yeah. fat zero there's there's not yeah. a chance to win or a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know and that and that's exactly how the media handles it it's like so you're saying there's it's like no no he's not retiring belichick's not retiring gronk might i'll give you that gronk might be gone after this game but the other two no they're, they're, Brady Brady's going to be there until he's, you know, barring an injury, 45. Belichick, I think, has, you know, several more seasons in him. So, again, this, this is not this farewell tour. This is not this, 
uh, you know, people are, are saying, oh, this could be the last run. It's like, no, are, are you kidding me? No. You know, you look at this team and it's like, yeah, they they may end up losing some guys, but, you know, you have 12 draft picks or I'm sorry, nine, uh, six draft picks in the first three rounds. Uh, you, It's it's to me. I just look at this team as like, yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what, I'm picking them to go to the Super Bowl next year, too. <laughs> right now, here's my pick. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to the Super Bowl again <laughs> next year because guess what? It's the safest bet you can make, you know? <laughs> like, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, it, it's like, I mean, all you got to do, and, and, and actually, I didn't really watch much of the NFL honors last night, but I did see a clip uh, of Steve Harvey and... Uh, <laughs> Because he was the host, and it was actually really funny. I actually, thinking about it now, I should have actually got the clip for this. But um, <laughs> his comment was, he's looking around at everyone. They panned like Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson and Aaron Rodgers. Like, just think, guys. If Tom Brady wasn't alive, all you could be going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like, wow. I'm just laughing. And I'm like, it's true. It, it, as crazy as 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 unbelievable as it sounds it's it's closer to truth than not so and and that was all i needed to see from the nfl honors so um but yeah so i I, again i i think i got sidetracked a little bit because we're talking about hall of fame and all that but um we do have a game today guys i mean i I know uh really yeah yeah i think i believe (laughs) i believe it's uh you know it's in uh it's in atlanta you know that place uh (laughs) That 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 ho- that city that hosts uh, that team that you know blew that twenty eight to three lead. So um, at least at least at least for the Falcons, they didn't get the Saints and the Patriots because that would have just been like really just rubbing salt on a wound right there. I mean, you get a division rival versus a team that blew you out in the playoff in, in the Super Bowl, and yeah, it it it, it would have been bad for Falcons fans. But again, you know, it's it's Atlanta, and you know, I I don't imagine that they're incredibly. <laughs> passionate like uh, some cities are about situations like that so um so yeah let's uh let's let's get into this game because i i mean i'm already ready to talk some x's and o's i we're gonna get to some picks later um obviously we're you know well actually maybe we're not all gonna give scores i know some of us are a little bit more superstitious but uh i i've I've been giving my i've been throwing my pick out there all week so i'm i'll i'll definitely give mine um but uh initial oppressions let's let's go around the horn here and uh just kind of give us the uh opening opening thoughts about this matchup because i i think coming into this sunday we were all pretty confident um i i I think we all see this as a as a pretty favorable matchup um however again this is football any given sunday um i guess uh i'll I'll start with mike what do you think about this game? What what's what's got you what's got you all ramped up this morning when you woke up? Besides well, coffee. I, I, well, I agree with you. Well, the coffee, absolutely, <laughs> no question about that. Yeah, but um, when it comes to this game, and bottom line, I think you hit the nail on the head. Drink up, everybody. Um, <laughs> when you take a look at how these two teams match up, I do agree. I think it's a favorable matchup for the New England Patriots. However, there is a way for the Rams to be able to turn the tide in this game, and it could be turned pretty quickly if this becomes an issue, and that is the Rams offense getting Todd Gurley going early and going often. Gurley has been limited the last couple of games. Uh, by all accounts, McVay, you know, uh, Sean McVay, that is, uh, head coach of the Rams, issued a statement yesterday saying that Gurley is going to be 100% for this game. And I don't think there's anybody that's surprised by that. He's had a couple of weeks to rehab. He's had a couple of weeks to rest. Um, 
They thought it was more workload management than anything else in the NFC Championship game. I'm not sure I buy that. I don't think you keep your best player out for something like that. But the psychological thought process of saying he's 100% makes the Patriots have to prepare for him as if he was. And nobody knows that better than Bill Belichick. No one's going to pull the wool over his eyes. But if Curley can start to get going and can start to run in a dominant fashion, and we've seen him do it against a lot of teams this year, Patriots have been pretty good against the run for the last couple of games, but this is an area where they've struggled on defense as well. If he gets going and he's able to get into a rhythm running the football, that's going to open up the play action for Jared Goff, and that's where Goff is at his best. Mm-hmm. Goff is not so effective when you shut that run game off, you take away the play action, and all of a sudden he has to spread the offense out wide. That's where he makes mistakes, and that's where I think the Patriots are wise to be able to uh, to put tight coverage in the secondary and maybe even pick him off on occasion. Uh, we've seen Goff you know, do that on several occasions, and that's the best recipe to get to him. But if Gurley can run, and he's at 100%, and he is the Todd Gurley that was an MVP candidate just a season ago, that's going to change the complexity of the game, and then I think you're looking at a very razor-thin game uh, for both teams and really going back and forth. That pendulum could swing either way, and it could go down to the final possession, maybe even overtime, like we saw in the AFC Championship game for the Patriots as well because they do have explosive players, they mean the Rams, have explosive players to be able to make big plays down the stretch. It's going to be key, though. Curley is going to have to be that... Uh, that focal point, excuse me, in their offense. And if the Patriots can somehow take him away or Gurley is limited, that's going to make things a lot easier for the Patriots. Linebackers in coverage, the secondary to grab coverage, and the front seven to try to pin their ears back and get after Jared Goff. So to me, that was the initial thought that I had waking up this morning is if I'm the Patriots, my mission is to stop Todd Gurley or to contain him as best they can. What about you, Chris? Yeah. Well, for me, all week it's been the same thing. You have to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you can keep Brady clean and upright, you're going to have a field day, I believe, in this game. The problem is you got to stop Dominic and Sue and that animal Donald. Mm-hmm. You have to. Every Super Bowl and every team that's ever caused the Patriots problems, yeah. the rush has always come up the middle, always. And that's something the Patriots are going to have to avoid at all costs. It's going to be a hell of a matchup on the, on the on the line. As far as Gurley goes, to touch on what Mike said, I agree with him 100% that you have to contain him. But I'm still not convinced he's 100% until I see otherwise. That's fair. I mean, everything's on play action on both sides of this team. From the Patriots side and the Rams side, mm-hmm. I think whoever can stop the run the best at first going into this game will ultimately end up winning the game. Whoever keeps you, and the other thing that's going to be big is time time of possession on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. No, I I, I like Patriots win the if the Patriots win the time of possession on the clock. They're walking out as the champion, I believe. No, I, 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 I can't disagree with that. Steven? Yeah, if I'm right, didn't the Kansas City only have the ball for like twenty one minutes? Yeah, but, but they had the, <clears throat> but they both had eleven drives and that was that was the big thing about Kansas City was yeah. despite despite the Patriots leading in time of possession, they they had the same number of offensive drives and that that's how dangerous Kansas City is. I mean, just yeah. look at their offense. I don't think the Rams 
are that team. I, I, I feared the Kansas City offense a lot more than the Rams offense, but um, yeah, me too. And you know, CJ Anderson's had pretty good success against the Patriots in the past, but you know, he looks like he could play lineman, never <laughs> you know, running back. So. He, he looks like he could be a yeah. sumo wrestler. <laughs> you can like a little. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's I a mean, big fella. He's been, yeah, obviously he's getting the job done, but like I'm. With Chris, I don't think Gurley's healthy. I don't care what they say. You're not going to have your top player on the team, arguably, on the bench for a lot of that game against New Orleans if he's Especially as close healthy. as it was. Yeah, I mean, that was razor thin. They were down, what, 14 to nothing for a while? Yeah. Well, yeah, not half. Well, we, yeah, we, we know. We know who is assuming that Gurley is 100% healthy, and that makes us sleep a little bit better at night. That's Belichick and the Patriots coaching staff. Because you, right. you know, yeah, you know they're, they're – yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm, not, I'm hesitant to say that he's going to be ineffective because I really – it's just such a mystery. I mean, you have two weeks off. You know, who knows what happens between the two weeks. But, you know, it, it, you want to see – you got to see Gurley. If, if you see early on, like, he starts moving, you're like, okay, like, he's – He's like he was at the first, you know, three quarters of the season where, you know, look, he was at probably would have been an MVP candidate had he stayed healthy the entire year. So, right. you know, he's a he's a yeah. dangerous, dangerous player. But I, I think the biggest difference and you both you guys both uh, brought up play action and I think it's crucial in this game. The biggest difference, I think, between the two teams and it, it incredibly favors the Patriots. The Patriots can set up the run by throwing the ball. I don't think Los Angeles can do that because Jared Goff is and Tom Brady. And and that that's going to be key because you talk about trying to offset the pass rush and we saw it against uh San Diego Los Angeles. What no, San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers, damn it. They don't even have a home field, so who they're San Diego still. Against the Chargers yeah, right. and, and against the Chiefs. They they the quick passing game, the 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 plays out to White and you know, and and last week you saw more uh, like Sony Michelle was the focal point. They ran the setup to pass. I think this week you're going to see the exact opposite. You're going to need to get the same game out of both players. I think Sony Michelle is going to have to have a big game, but I don't think you can start by just pounding the rock. I think the Patriots need to, you know, whether it's dump offs to James White, little crossing patterns, rub routes, get Aaron Donald and and Dominican Sue on their heels because if you get them on the heels, that's when you can run at them. And then again, you know, if if the Patriots play their game, if they do what they can do, there's not a team in the NFL that can beat them. So again, it, it's just it seems very simple and straightforward, but really it is, especially for the Patriots and in this game, I I think it really just hinges on Aaron Donald. What can Aaron Donald do? How right, effective right. can Aaron Donald be? Because you know, if if he's the guy who's who's just tossing people left and right and and getting to Brady, not necessarily sacking him, but hitting him, this is going to be yeah. a long day for the Patriots, and they're going to have to make yeah. some adjustments. So, yeah, to, yeah, to answer you, matchup, yeah, to answer, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> a matchup that I'm looking for forward to is Fowler against Trent Brown. Mm, yes, I think I think that one's going to be a bigger matchup to determining who wins. More yeah, than what Donald's gonna be. That's a really great point, yeah. Stephen. And I, I was, and I've watched a lot of film on Fowler this this week. Yeah. And you know, I mean, he's so slick on the stunts, and that's something that I think could cause some difficulty if the Patriots are either either not ready for it, or if they have any gaps in coverage. And I think that's going to be a situation where the obviously the offensive line is going to have to be at you know 
very, very good in this game. Dante Scarnecchia has had them almost flawless in the last couple of games. Uh, you know, Tom Brady didn't even have a grass stain on his on his, uh, his jersey last uh, last week, last two weeks against uh, Kansas City. So they're going to have to have that, you know, absolutely uh, intact, and they're going to have to play even better. Um, Fowler was the guy, really, that caused Breeze to throw the, the interception in overtime in the NFC Championship game, if you think about it. So... That is a very interesting matchup for them. Uh, getting back to what um, Ian said just a little while ago about what Aaron Donald does well, well, he can do a lot well. There's no question about it. The thing that really impressed me so much with watching film on Donald this week is I thought I knew a little bit about him, and I really discovered that I didn't know as much as I thought I did because this is a guy that can line up at different positions on the defensive line and still dominate. He's just hes a real, real fun player to watch. You know, I mean, that's that to me. That's the key with with Aaron Donald and with with Dante Fowler and the linebackers in coverage. I think the danger that the Patriots can exploit is that the Rams like to play zone, and if the front mm -hmm. four can't get to Brady, which if the offensive line is as good as they have been, that could be a long day for the Rams secondary. If Brady can start picking them apart, that might be a very very difficult matchup. I mean. If there is one area of the Rams' defense that I think Tom Brady can exploit a little bit, even though our good friend Akib Talib is over there, uh, Nickel Roby Coleman is over there running his mouth. Um, <laughs> these guys are, you know, they're feeling it a little bit. But this is a secondary that I think Tom Brady can have success on. To me, and the key is, and I might be tipping my hand a little bit about X factors and and the way this game is going to go. But we mentioned the name James White earlier, and I think this could be a huge potential game for James White. I really feel confident that he's going to be able to get open against the Rams linebackers in coverage, including Fowler. So if he's able to do that and Brady can start finding him as a real security blanket in this offense, that's going to open up Julian Edelman, that's going to open up Chris Hogan, it's going to open up Cordero Patterson, Philip Dorsett. That could be a real key uh, if they can get James White involved in this offense early and prove that he's going to be a huge factor Patriots have a lot of weapons there that they can go to if the defense somehow tries to close around White. I think they have to establish him early as a threat because if they don't contain him, White could have a huge game. Well, and this is this is cool. a this is a dream for people who love line play this game because it's going to be such mm -hmm. a crucial well, yeah. part of this game. Uh, just you talk about the Patriots offensive line. I mean, we're talking about the two best offensive lines in the league all season because uh, the Rams, the Rams are right up there. And the Patriots have shown, especially in the latter half of the season, that they they have a, a knack for getting after the quarterback. They don't get a lot of sacks. But I mean, to sit there and watch them, how they they played against Philip Rivers and how they played against Sam Darnold in the last game of the season and how they played against Patrick Mahomes. They're they're coming up with creative ways to get to the quarterback and disrupt everything that they're trying to do and and I, and I imagine we're going to see a lot more of that especially with a quarterback like Jared Goff who you know he's a good player don't get me wrong but he has some limitations in his game and he's not necessarily the best when it comes to improvising and, and making decisions like that you know he's a very regimen thrower so like you said at the top of the show. Um, it's all play action. Like the, if the play action's working for the Rams, they can slice and dice you. But they need that play action to get rolling for them to, to to really have a good offensive game, especially especially without Cooper Cup. And I think that's something that really uh, isn't being talked about enough. And yeah. and you look at the the, uh, the the Rams skill players. You know, you're talking Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, obviously Todd Gurley. Um, I think Gurley's going to be the focus. I think they'll know very early on whether or not he's healthy. Um, and then they can adjust accordingly. But 
I, I see a very simple setup where the Patriots uh, put Gilmore out on uh, Robert Woods for the most part, and then you bracket Brandon Cooks. And, you know, yeah. you just kind of go with that. And, and again, if you have Cooper Cup out there, it's a different story because not only is he a very talented player, um, him and Jared Goff have a very good connection. So it's it's hard to to adjust for that that chemistry, you know, a la Brady and Edelman, where it's like, yeah, you can you think you have Edelman covered, but <clears throat> you know they know each other so well, they're gonna find a way to get open. So again, this is something where I I don't think it's been talked about enough because he has been out for so long. But this is a game where it might really hurt the Rams that they don't have Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, what's oh, Bill's oh mo over the years is he's gonna take away your first and second mm-hmm. option and make you beat you with somebody nobody's really heard of unless you're a diehard fan like us. And mm-hmm. like you said, with Cooper Cup out, I mean, that's basically their Edelman. Yep. When you come down to it, I mean, the guy was awesome. Watching them during the year, because I had to, because Gurley was my <laughs> fantasy running back. <laughs> Till he screwed me in the final. That's another, <laughs> Isn't that always the discussion. case? <laughs> oh, yep. oh, it's awful. But, yeah, I mean, he's a lot of what made that offense go. And Like you said, nobody's talking about it. And Hopefully today's the day you're going to see where they really miss him. Well, I, th- I think you saw it last week or uh, two weeks ago in Kansas City where I think the absence of Kareem Hunt finally caught up to the Chiefs because, you know, yep. we, we've seen Kareem Hunt tear the Patriots apart in the past and i i think you know you had and as good as a uh, spencer ware and all those guys were playing i mean they're not kareem hunt so again i think this is a kind of a similar situation where i think the rams are finally and, and we we actually saw it over the last half of the season they weren't as good offensively uh you know obviously Gurley was injured so that that's a that's a big deal uh cj anderson has done a nice job where he's at you know coming in late and and, and playing a very big role in where they are but you know this this team has has got a lot of 2007 Patriots in it, where they 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 shot out of a cannon early on, and I think eventually teams caught up to them, um, yeah. and their their offense hasn't been that great over the last six seven weeks, and you know I believe Goff has thrown more interceptions than he's thrown touchdowns over the last six weeks of the season or whatever so you know that that's that to me it seems like something that's right for the picking you know for the patriots especially especially the way that they have been playing i don't think there's been you know maybe maybe 2014 i I don't know i mean we might have to go all the way back to 2004 to have a team that is i i feel has been playing as well a football as they have all season at this point in the year in the Patriots. And, uh, you know, that again, and then, then you mentioned the health, the incredible health of this team right now is, is, I mean, you, you just can't see it. I can't imagine that it's possible that they're this healthy considering every year they're without someone, whether it's Hightower, Gronk, Edelman, someone is gone, not this year. So a lot of things, like I said, favor the Patriots in this. Uh, again, you know, we we we'll, we'll have a better idea once that that ball finally gets kicked off and we actually see yeah. some people hitting each other. So, right, exactly. I mean, you never really know how it's going to play out until it actually happens. You know, mm-hmm. what formation haven't we really seen a lot of from the Patriots offensively this year? 
I would imagine uh, multiple tight ends going out to catching passes, <laughs> seeing as Dwayne Allen hasn't, hasn't caught yeah. one. And No, I mean, they've been obviously using the tight ends a lot differently this year. I mean, Gronk's been a you know big-time blocker. Um, but five wide. I mean, we really haven't seen yeah. that. I mean, they don't – I mean, it's not that they have the personnel. I mean, at one point in the season, they had, what, two, three receivers dressing, so they don't really have the personnel. But, right. you know, this, this honestly could be a game that you see that, where they spread them out and just do that – uh, you know, the no huddle, not hurry up offense, but no huddle offense where they just kind of bleed the clock and, and, you know, just pick apart. Because again, you, you spread those defenders out, you're, you're creating more holes. Now, again, that's predicated on Brady being able to get rid of the ball quickly because you're, you're limiting, you know, if you're, you're spreading five wide, you're not going to have six, seven blockers to block those guys. You're, you're pretty much, you know, here, here you go, offensive line, do your job. And you know what? (laughs) There's nothing that tells me that they can't do that. So, you know, there's, yeah, honestly, there's a chance you could see that this game, just them kind of, you know, remember Minnesota a couple years ago when, uh, when everyone thought that they were going to run, you know, they were just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They came out and threw the ball 45 times and just completely shredded the Minnesota defense. And, and you might see something similar today. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I and I might kind of alluded to the X factors and, and, you know, I've been kind of pumping this all week and that's, you know, Aaron Donald is the biggest X factor on both sides of the ball, <laughs> a ball yeah. for both teams, because if, if he is unstoppable, I think it's going to be a long day for the Patriots. It's just, it's tough because like if, if Aaron Donald's getting pressure, then those uh, defensive backs can play a little bit more physical. And, and if there's one thing that, that worries me is like, if you, really get physical with the Patriots receivers, it's hard for them to get separation. And we saw that multiple times throughout the season. So that's certainly something that you want to keep an eye out. And that's something you'll see early on for sure. I mean, that's something if a defense is going to play to that level, you're going to see that right off the bat. You're going to see, okay, they're, they're, they're coming out with something you're not expecting. Or like you guys said, they played a lot of zone this latter half of the season. If they revert back to playing man, that means the pass rush is, is doing its job and, and yeah. keeping Brady and the offense at bay. So yeah, it's a, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. I mean, if they play zone, it's, that's great for the Patriots. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping they play yeah. zone. <laughs> Get, get, yeah. Give me that zone all day. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been, I'm, I'm I've sorry. Been go ahead. It. I've been saying it for a while. They've been saving Gronk for the Super Bowl. I can see it. That's a point that I'm uh, actually <laughs> that you took the words right out of my mouth, and that is a perfect, <laughs> perfect segue. And that, no, that's great. No, I think that's <laughs> no, it's that's excellent. It's a perfect lead-in because I think what this game could mean for Rob Gronkowski is a return to the Gronk of old. And I think it was very telling this week when you saw Gronkowski joking around, dancing around. You saw a side of Rob that we haven't seen a whole lot of this year. He looked like he was much more subdued, maybe even you know, tentative or, or in any type of you know, discomfort or anything like that. Seeing him really enjoy himself this past couple of weeks leads me to believe this could be a big game for him. I know I said James White was going to be the X Factor. I'm still standing by that, but this has <laughs> the potential to White. really be <laughs> this has the potential to be a really big game for Rob Gronkowski because it really could be a nightmare for the Rams linebackers, especially if they choose to remain in man coverage to try to stay with him and make a play on the ball. Even without 
Gronk's quick bursts, even without his deceptive speed, because he was a lot faster than people gave him credit for. I think his size leaves the Rams with a bad matchup for him, no matter who is going to be on him. I think he has the ability to break free and be able to you know, to make some some pretty big plays. So this could be a big game for Rob Gronkowski. We might see him be able to to be able to make some plays down the field because of the fact that I just think it's a size matchup. It gets back to what Gronkowski used to be, where you couldn't find guys in coverage that were able to cover him one-on-one -on -one or even double him. He just presented such a mismatch and was so much of a of a physical and, and uh, you know, dominant presence that you could not see anybody being able to stay with him. I don't see anybody in the Rams' defense right now, if they remain in man coverage, that is going to be able to match up with Rob Gronkowski. So if Brady can pick that apart early, and he can see that and exploit that and read what type of a defense Wade Phillips is going to throw at him in 3-4, whether it be man coverage or whether it be zone, that's going to be telltale in terms of how Rob Gronkowski is going to be able to be open. So I think that's a great point, Steve. I really, really like, um, you know, what we can possibly see from Rob Gronkowski today, especially if he's as healthy as the reports are indicating, that's going to be a huge key. Um, and we saw a little bit of that old Gronk uh, come out against the Kansas City Chiefs. He really, especially in the latter parts of that game, he was integral in being able to, uh, to you know, to, to sustain and uh, complete those comeback drives. So great stuff with that. What, what, do, you, uh, what do you think about Aqib Tlaib? playing a lot of coverage on Gronk because we know when Aqib was was here he was you know he just took out tight ends you know, whether it's Jimmy Graham or whatever you know he was he was good at that do you think uh that the Rams might play it that way maybe have Aqib uh focus a lot on Gronk if he's out there catching passes yeah, I think so because I don't think that you know I don't think I think Roby Coleman is going to be matched up on uh, on Edelman and I think he's going to have his hands full with Julian all yes. game. I don't really believe that there's going to be a uh, especially with some of the things that he was saying. We all know that Julian takes all of that stuff to heart and he's going to be ready to give him everything that he can handle. So yeah, I do believe you're going to see uh, uh, Akib in that uh, uh, in that mix getting on him a little bit, but I still think that's a mismatch. I do. I mean, as much as oh, yeah. you know, I, as much as Talib is is a you know a physical corner and we've seen him be a very good corner he played very well here in his time in New England you still hear players and coaches including Bill Belichick that talk very glowingly about Aqib Tlaib um, and the time that he was here so I, I do believe that's that's a possibility and I think you will see that I still think it's a bad matchup for the Rams I still think that favors the Patriots and Rob Gronkowski Nice, yeah, and and personally, Akeem Talib is one of my favorite players, you know. So I, I I'm a big Akeem Talib fan, and and I think you know he's certainly he's definitely their best cornerback. I mean, I'm not, you know, the thing that the Chiefs, uh, the Rams do well is that they're you know Marcus Peters may not be the best cornerback, but he can he he can get a pick or two, you know, and and that's the thing. It's like that's what you don't want to happen. You don't want them to get uh, uh, easy. Uh, uh, possession back, you know, because I, I do feel like this Patriots offense is going to be able to have their way with this Rams defense. Um, with all those things that we said about Aaron Donald, I, I still think that the Patriots are going to be able to, in, in multiple ways, offset that, whether it's, you know, good line play or just the ability to get rid of the ball quickly, one way or the other, they're going to be able to limit what the Rams defensive line does. And then again, that's just, it, it's a matter of Patriots attacking their, their weak, weaker linebackers, which that's one thing that they don't do well is cover running backs out of the backfield especially in the passing game so what do the Patriots do really well <laughs> well they pass really well to the running back so again that's why it's it, you look at it and you're like man this 
I mean, not only is it a big game, but it just it has the feel of like a big James White game, you know. And <laughs> again, you can say that about any big game in the NFL because no matter what, it always seems like James White steps up. Um, yeah. So again, I think I think there's there's uh, yards to be had against this Rams defense, and I I think it all depends and all hinges on Aaron Donald. And I keep coming back to it: Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. <laughs> Without Aaron not Donald. Good. You know, I like I said this. You know, this may be the first time that we're actually sitting with our feet up in the fourth quarter. You know, as opposed to ripping hair out, popping, uh, you know, <laughs> blood pressure medication, yeah. and just you know, the the whole deal, the routine that we've all come accustomed to. I know. So, <laughs> uh, no, it's true, and I'm a little hesitant to say that because this this Rams team does have playmakers and they do have the ability. I think one of the big keys for the Patriots, and, and Ian, I think you alluded to this an awful lot, is having the success on third down that the Patriots have had in the last couple of playoff games has been a huge, huge boost for this team. I mean, they finished 7-14, 50% on third down conversions against the, against the Chargers. In the Kansas City Chiefs game, they were 13-19, of 19, 68%. That's amazing for a team that really struggled on third down this year early on. I know mean, we talked about that on several, all of us uh, have talked about that on several appearances, whether we've you know talked to uh, you know local media members or whoever. Uh, that was always the, the Achilles heel of this team that came up is you know third down. They're just they're not stopping them on defense. They're not getting them on offense. They've been extremely good about being able to control that, especially on offense in the playoffs. I think they're going to need to be able to get quick chunks of five or six yards on early downs passing to keep from being in third and long situations where the Rams can pin their ears back and get at Brady. Again, Ian, that's where Aaron Donald comes in. If he gets situations of third and long, he's going to be licking his chops ready to get after the quarterback, and that puts him in very good position to do that. You mentioned that earlier. Get him on his heels, and that's where having guys like James White, Julian Edelman, and Rob Gronkowski comes in so handy. Those guys are third down specialists. They know how to get the ball across. So if you're able to do that, get quick chunks of passing yards, get you know like a second and three or a third and four, or short yardage, under five yardage to be able to advance the chains, this team's going to control the clock, they're going to control the time of possession, and they're going to control the line of scrimmage. And if they do that, again, like you said, it could be a, a, a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter for the Patriots. But it's going to be all about how they're going to attack that. Uh, the Rams definitely have the ability to disrupt that game plan if they're playing on all cylinders. Game plan is going to be really, really key, and that offensive line is going to be so huge today. Keep your eye on the offensive linemen and the job that Dante Scarnecchia has done with them all week. All the indications and everybody that I've spoke to that's observed this team down in Atlanta said this offensive line is clicking on all cylinders. So if you're a Patriots fan, you should feel pretty good about that right now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I I would um, I always said kind of at the end of the season that the, the first time that the Patriots played a complete 60 minute game was the season finale against the Jets. All year, all year they'd have incredible first half and then just whatever the second half was just the complete opposite. Or you know, they'd start slow and come on strong. Or they'd have the first quarter was great, but then the second quarter was bad, and then they got outscored. So. To me, it's surprising that it took them 16 weeks to put together a complete game, but now I feel like they've done it twice in the past two weeks in the playoffs, and, and that's considering what Kansas City did. Um, and again, I give the Patriots defense a lot of credit. I, I think I think they realized that Kansas City was going to score, and it was just a matter of scoring first and making sure that you had more points than them. I know it sounds stupid and obvious, but 
you know, I, I look at how well the and, and this is a great example of, you know, how and, and this <laughs> this goes to the uh, you know, wins aren't a quarterback stack crowd, you know, out there, you know, those buffoons, but um <laughs> sorry to anyone out there I insulted by calling you a buffoon, but it is what it is, and you know, just accept it and realize that you're wrong. So you're, you're just th- calling it like you see. Yeah, exactly. I'm calling it how it is. But this is an this is a perfect example as to how a great quarterback and a great offense can incredibly help the defense. And we saw that in time of possession. We talked about it when we first started the show. Ball control. Well, they they did turn the ball over. You know that doesn't really happen. But the idea is ball control. Don't turn the ball over. Be safe and just move the ball and score. And that's what the Patriots' offense can do. And you know, again, it, it, it's it, it's a testament to how well that they were prepared for that because they they looked at it and was like, okay, you know, you're not going to hold Kansas City to to, to 17 points. The whole game they're going to get theirs and again you you know we mentioned it earlier they both teams had 11 possessions that game but the time of possession greatly favored the patriots and i think that's the only way that they would have won because eventually it got to a shootout and you know like even even when kansas city puts up the points you know brady can match it you just don't want to have to go toe-to-toe like that from start to finish because i think kansas city eventually is going to you know they could score quicker and they have a lot quicker strike offense so um so yeah, I mean, again, I think the Patriots have played two their two best games the last two weeks. Which, again, you can't you couldn't ask for any better timing when it comes to to playing your best football than in January and February, of course. So, but I know, I know. Obviously, today is a lot about the game, but I think we're all going to be enjoying some great food today, and, and food is obviously a a tradition of 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 the Super Bowl and. You know, I, personally, I'm not a type of person who has Super Bowl parties. Um, if you have a Super Bowl party going on, don't invite me. I don't want to come. Um, <laughs> I, I look, I I'm being honest with you. I just I don't. If you want to come watch the game, sure, come over. But I, I don't don't talk to me. <laughs> you know, just just let yep. me watch the game. Like I, I I hate Super Bowl parties because they're just. Uh, everyone's like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's it going? I'm, I'm like, stop. Leave me alone. Don't talk to me. I don't like any of you right now. Um, just, just leave me alone. <laughs> that's that's how I feel when it comes to the Super Bowl. I just I want to watch the game. I don't, but I do partic- participate in in, in uh, eating some good food and all that. So, um, so yeah, let, maybe, let let's take a little break from some X's and O's and talk some uh, some meat and potatoes here. And uh, you know, <laughs> I think I'm gonna make Mike proud because I'm, I'm today i am uh, as soon as we get off the air here i'm gonna start cooking my my famous stuffed shells made from scratch homemade sauce delicious delicious it's gonna be the main course for today you know it's my now, my question for my good friend and partner in crime on the other end of the microphone right now is do you use the same recipe for sauce that one peter clemenza used in the godfather because that's the key you know, you really—it's—it's it's all about—it's all about that sauce. It's all about oh, you know, yeah. learning how to—you know—you got to learn how to cook with twenty guys someday. Yeah. Hey, come here, let me show you. You start off with some sausage. You start off with some. You fry it. You make sure it doesn't stick. You throw in your tomatoes, tomato paste, oh, and a little yeah. bit of wine, and a little Ooh. bit of sugar, and that's my trick. No, all kidding aside. Yeah, that's uh, no, no, that's that's some good uh, game day, uh, uh, some game day fare over there. I don't know if any of you guys. I, I tweeted this out a couple of nights ago and put it on my Facebook page, uh, where Google Trends releases this asinine list every single oh, God, year, and yeah. that's exactly what it is. 
where they take a look and they have the, the big, uh, you know, they have the big placard of, of the United States and they show you which state has Googled or is researching the, uh, the most popular snack in all of the states. And I think people read this wrong because a lot of people are saying like, oh, this is the most popular snack in the state. It actually isn't. It's really what people in the state are Googling to find out. And apparently, uh, uh, Rhode Island's well well uh, represented. I got to say it. Seven layer dip. That's pretty respectable. That's yeah. Pretty oh respectable. yeah. No, Super I'd say Bowl so. Fair. You know, I definitely can understand that. You want to get a good recipe for a good seven layer dip. That's good. The Commonwealth <laughs> gluten free pretzels. Ugh. I mean, Ugh. what is this? Is this? I mean, really? I'm, is this? I'm, is this Cosmo Kramer? Are these pretzels I, making me thirsty? I mean, really? What is going on? Is this a Woody I, Allen film? I, I blame. Oh, I blame Northampton. I blame Northampton and Amherst and <laughs> Western Massachusetts for that one. And, you know, it's not. These guys are not the only ones. I mean, Mississippi has granola bars. I mean, who's, who's who's googling this stuff? Really? I mean, it's really amazing. I just I can't understand how these stats are compiled, where they're compiled from. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. California apparently is baked chicken. I mean, you know, baked chicken is delicious. I don't know about on, you know, on, on Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. but, you know, whatever. And it's not wings. It, that's the thing about it is that if they said baked chicken wings, I probably would have said, oh, that's great. You know, but it's not because there are other states that had wings as their primary. Uh, very surprising that nobody, nobody had chili as their number one. That's a, that's a little that's, bit of a shock. Yeah, that, that, you, that's you actually... Figure, that's, you got to figure that's that's one of the big ones. A uh, few states had pizza here and there, and you know some of the really popular you know um, uh, you know Super Bowl fare that most people serve. But uh, yeah, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uh, that that was really disappointing. <laughs> I brutal. Uh, I, I I I do want to jump in here real quick because I actually just I don't know if you saw this earlier, but um, so Ian Rappaport, uh, great name, great 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 name. Um, <laughs> mostly the first name. I don't care about the last one because there's Michael Rappaport and he, he, he's pretty awful. Um, but Ian, Ian's a great name, but I, I digress. Uh, he came out and he was talking, he gave a little bit of information on, uh, Rob Gronkowski and, uh, you know, a, a lot of what we expected throughout the season was that he wasn't healthy and it, it appears that he wasn't, um, I guess, uh, from week five on, he was dealing with Achilles tendonitis and at one point he had a bulge Ooh. disc in his back. Um, Jesus. so it, 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 and, and from, according to Rappaport, it looks like week 15 and 16 is when, you know, he finally started getting healthy and that, and that kind of, that falls right in line with Brady getting healthy and this team playing their best football. And again, these are all things that we look at and we're like, okay, there's a, there's a reason why this team, you know, it, it, it makes the whole absurd, like the Patriots are the eighth worst team in the playoffs list, even worse. I mean, it, to, to think that, I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't want to go back a few weeks. Um, I, I thought I was very disappointed in WEI finally getting Rob Parker on and it was just a just it was a it was it was awful it was it was such fluff it, it was so disappointing to me because you finally have a chance to just tear this guy apart who cares if he never comes back on but they just I don't know it I don't know if you guys listened to it but I I, I tuned in for a couple minutes and it was it was very disappointing for me but I I didn't yeah, I just I had no interest I, yeah. I saw it I, I I almost did and then I said you know what no I just can't bring myself to do it yeah <laughs> it, it, trust me it wasn't like it was they, they were I don't know it just it didn't it didn't go well I don't know I I just I, I thought I thought they could have done a much better job, but anyways, like I said, the the whole. Now, I would have paid money thing. to see. I, I would have paid money to see Kirk Minahan go after him. Oh, that God, I yeah. would have tuned in. For. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> because you know Kirk, Kirk wouldn't could Kirk wouldn't hold back, and it's like I mean, look, the, the guy, the guy is an idiot. 
I'm not. I'm. You know, I, I, for whatever whatever his motivation is to 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 do this, it, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's because he's trying to be successful. He's an idiot. He's a dope. I mean, it, to sit up there and 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 with a straight face, you know, say some of the things that he does, it's just outrageous and incredible. You know, first of all, but it is that he doesn't do it with a straight face. He's no, got well, that little, like that. Well, that, I, that I little think sly I, grin under his teeth that you well, know he's just saying. Well, that's this his, is going to get me clicks. You know, this, I mean, that's that's, that's his, it. That's what it is. You know, that's a that's his subpar IQ. Actually, yeah. that's that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a telltale sign right there. And it, it's just it's it's so absurd. Like, I mean. Look, I and I've said it before. Like, uh, you know, I obviously I'm, I'm blocked on Twitter by Shannon Sharp, so you know, there's no love loss there. But you know, I I always felt like he wasn't as bad as like the Kellermans and the Parkers of the world, and we've seen it over the last couple of weeks. He's at least been like, look, man, I I just I just I just want to see someone else, man. I'm tired of it, and and it's like, you know what? I accept. You know, I respect that. Like, if you hate the yeah, page, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but don't sit up here and, and for, for six years come up here and say, like, you know, uh, the, the dynasty's over. He's the luckiest of all time, blah, blah. Because it's, it's incredibly disrespectful. And it's like, same with Kellerman. I mean, the guy's just an obnoxious prick. So, you know, that's all he does. And it's like, look, if, if that's what your idea of success as a as a quote-unquote journalist is, then, you know, I guess knock yourself out. But personally, I, I don't feel that way. I, I think that's that's disingenuous to the entire profession. And again, I think it's just it's a cheap way to uh, get your 15 minutes. And and fortunately for those guys that they chose the the topic that resonates with a lot of people, and that's the New England Patriots. And if this was any other team, this this kind of stuff wouldn't fly because people would would see through it after a while. But with the Patriots, the the uh, <laughs> Patriots derangement syndrome is in full force with those folks, and um, you know people eat it up. And you know we saw it this weekend with r- ridiculous. Uh, claims of the Patriots not helping Josh Gordon or, uh, you know, them being like, you know, number one Trump support. And it's like, look, I, I don't care about politics. I don't. And I have I if you if you have an opinion on one thing, I, I don't really care if you support Trump. I don't care if, if you don't support Trump. I don't care. I really don't because I I just don't have that energy in me to care that much about this. But this is what it's come to is people disagree with someone's political views. Now, all of a sudden, Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick are the face of you know, the, the worst part of make America great again. You know what I mean? And we all know what it is. It's mm-hmm. the it's the idea that if you're a Trump supporter and you wear that hat, you are a racist. And I and, and look, there there's there's some truth to it. It's not a wide spreading truth. There there's some groups that really embrace that ideal and, and you know what? There's bad apples everywhere. But to use that as a talking point and to to blanket an entire region, first of all, to blanket Massachusetts as a, a pro I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, article uh, from the Daily Beast yesterday or whatever it was. Uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Corbin and his Yeah, yeah, Corbin. Idiocy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know his last name. I don't yeah, know. Burns. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't no. matter what his name is. <laughs> it doesn't matter what his name is. Oh, man, I wish I had that. But yeah, it, it, it's so irresponsibly, it's so irresponsible as a journalist to, to write something like that because it was completely off base. You know, people, and again, you know, I, I mentioned it before we came on the air, but it's like you got freaking Harry Potter, you know, talking about things he has no idea. Take that mega hat out of your locker. It's like, no, no, dude, it. it Come on, man! Like Voldemort should have just finished the job, got rid of him. I mean, that's it's, it's just stupid. You know, stay in your lane, man. Just like you don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's not your place to make a comment on that. And, but you know what? 
people hate the Patriots, so they're going to eat it up. And, and yeah. that's just more ammunition for the fuel. But uh, I had to get that off my chest. I could have gone on for another hour, but I I, I kind of scrapped all the expletives. And, and oh, and trust me, folks, I've been doing shows with this guy for over two years now. He can go. Believe me when I tell you. Yeah. And, no, and, I, no, and, and you know what? And it's all, it really is valid. It really is ludicrous, ridiculous. You read this stuff. The guy had a hat in his locker when before he was even elected. Candidacy <laughs> was really a joke at this point. Yeah. I mean, did anybody think when Brady had the hat in his locker that this guy was ever going to really become president? I mean, I didn't really believe it until he actually did believe it. Not, even when he was going through and he was the nominee, it was really. I think it was just just such a surreal time for the country. And look, I'm not going to get into politics and tell people how to believe one way or another. You have the right to believe your philosophies, however you want to believe them, and everybody has strong feelings on that. But to sit there and to label the New England Patriots and their fans and the support that you give to them as the team that supports white supremacy, racism. I mean, we've seen this. Jason Whitlock had a similar um, oh, rant course, on this earlier this week. I don't know if, <laughs> if, anybody's, if anybody saw this, but he really came out and said that, you know, it's it's he said that 25% of the hate, the, the hate of the Patriots in this country is due to race. Well, it's and stupid. I think that's and I think that's really really ridiculous. I mean, and Whitlock has always been a guy that has either had absolutely way out there insane takes or he's actually been pretty level-headed. This is one of those times where he just, I don't know, lost his head completely. I actually do respect Whitlock and his abilities. I actually think that, you know, there are on occasion where he really pinpoints things very well. Uh, but then there are some times where he's just completely out there. This is one of those 25% of Patriots hate comes from race. I mean, come on. I mean, really, yeah. The quarterback's white. They've got a couple of white stars. I mean, they've had guys on this team that have contributed that have been uh, that have been African American, that have been of all races and all. You One know, just and, got and into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's, it's to just say that stupid. and to say that that's a, a portion of it is, I think, just irresponsible. I think it fuels the fire of hatred that people want to have for this team. And again, it leads me to an article that I wrote earlier this season. It's drinking the sand. These mm -hmm. people want, the people that hate the Patriots want to see stuff like this. They want to see Robert Kraft and Donald Trump shaking hands so they can put that up on their proverbial dartboard and they can start throwing things at it and pretending that the Patriots are the enemy of the people. It's really, it's irresponsible journalism. It only inflames the divide in this country that a lot of people like the Daily Beast and Deadspin and some of these really like, I don't know, urinal websites that I like to call <laughs> them now like that them. really, I mean, you know, this, I mean, you know, look at, look at even Deadspin and things like that and some of the, the I wonder how that guy who wanted uh, information on uh, on Brady and how he's able to, uh, you know, to play at a high level up to this point. He put that uh, disclaimer up two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, we haven't heard from that dope, have we? No. Uh, you know, so that that's good. Yeah, he can, he can go back into the abyss where he belongs, but in any case, it really does. It fuels the divide in this country that people that like to use websites like this claim that they're trying to unite. It's it's just it's poor journalism, and all it is is just it's it's insightful, and I think that it's um, it's kind of ridiculous. So yep. I know you had your, your couple of minutes. I've gone on my, my tangent, and now we'll be positive. But we'll give, the, we'll give the floor to our buddies over there because I know they're chomping at the bit as well. Well, I, I... Yeah, I mean, like you, I don't really get into politics. I just think it's nonsense. Like you said, it's a way to divide people. 
Oh yeah. You know, we get into we get into sports to get away from the crap. Yeah, it used to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of years ago it was yeah. like that, but you know, unfortunately it's it's seeped into our, our weekly traditions and you know, again, it, it's just it's just it's it's another it's another form of hypocrisy hypocrisy because like, you know, look, we all know about Kraft and, and Trump's relationship prior to any of this. You know, and there there's some real friendship there when it comes to, you know, when, when Myra died and you know all that. We know that. We know you know, he was friendly with Brady beforehand. They played golf. I mean, but here's the thing. How many other celebrities that are now calling Trump the worst person in the world were smoozing up with him and partying with him and taking photos with him in the past? Like, I mean, come on, guys. Like, it, it's just it's selective memory. And it's like, again, I have no love for that side of politics. I just don't. I don't, you know, it, but it doesn't really matter to me. Like, I have yeah, my opinions not- and. But people Absolutely. are just using it yeah. as as unfair ammunition, and it's inappropriate, really, yeah. because like yeah, you know, a- absolutely, and nobody here is endorsing the Trump presidency no, or condemning no, no. the Trump presidency either way. That's not what this is about. What it's about is using that type of a narrative in pro mm-hmm. sports where exactly. it just doesn't belong. That's exactly. where our anger is coming from. It's not from people that are protesting the Trump administration or supporting it. You have that right. We're not here to tell you what your political uh you know affiliation should be but don't drag sports into it because it just does not make any sense well it's like perfect example is like just the other day you know robert Kraft said something about like how he thinks trump is trying you know best interest you know very very politically down the line answer like oh i think he's trying to you know do the what's in the best interest all that stuff and it's like look you can either agree with it or not but to i i saw someone tweet it'd be like look i i don't know much about football but this this robert Kraft guy is a piece of scum and I'm like, well, first of all, you're 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 judging it based on a difference of opinion. So all of a sudden, differencing of opinion makes you a bad person. And then my and I hardly ever comment on these things, but it just kind of hit a nerve with me. And uh, I asked, I asked, like, did did you take two seconds to just research the stuff that Robert Kraft does in the community and what he's done charitable wise and what he's done with his wife? And it's like to sit there and judge him based on some, you know, just fluff comment that he made to some interview and say he's a scum it's just it's a terrible state of where we are right now you know as a whole in this world it's like you know if you disagree with me then you're a bad person you know and then that's and that's and and unfortunately like you said now they're using that narrative in in telling a sports story which shouldn't happen but what do you know here we are talking about it so (laughs) i guess i guess i guess the joke's on us but i did i did it was it was kind of it was it was kind of eating at me the last couple days and i i did want to talk a little bit about it because you know again we have we have two hours to talk about this fantastic game and uh you know what we're about seven and a half hours away from kickoff so uh let's 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 shift gears back to some more x's and o's so um we've been talking a little bit more about We've been talking a little bit about X factors, and I think you can kind of figure out who we're kind of leaning towards. So uh, I'll start with Mike, and we'll just go kind of right around. We'll go Mike, Chris, and Steve, and then I'll come around to me. But uh, who is your X factor in this game? Well, I think I tipped my hand a little bit earlier, so I'll be pretty brief here. But uh, I, again, believe it's going to be James White. I just I really like the ability of this game for him to showcase his talents the best he possibly can I think that's an I think that's a matchup that the Patriots can exploit and I like James White being able to get open against the Ryan the, the Rams linebackers in coverage especially if they remain in man 
always a key, uh, the ability to keep an eye on Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski as well, because they're going to be a big part of this. But I do like the way this team matches up against James White and his strengths and his ability to get uh, uh, the ball on third down and move the chain. So James White's my guy today. I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski. Good one to go with. I think, uh, you know, I've been sitting there for a while thinking back and forth about, you know, his career overall and that this is going to be his last game. He says he doesn't know, so you're going to take his word on it. But for me, I actually think this is his last game. I think he's going to go out in style. This will be a swan song. He's going to get a couple touchdowns in this game. The one thing I'd like to say that the Patriots have to win also is the red zone. You need yes. seven, not three in this game. Absolutely. So Gronk's my guy for X Factor. Not a bad X Factor to have. I may say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I know James White, uh, Gronk, obviously. I'm going to grow with Chris Hogan. Not many people are talking about him this week. They're going to focus a lot of attention on Gronk, rightfully so. They might even put a couple of people on James White coming out of the backfield, and it's going to leave people open. And I think this could be the game for Chris Hogan, maybe take some shots down the field to him, see what he can do. Because I, I don't really think – I don't believe in the Rams secondary. I don't believe in their linebackers either. But <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah I, I, just, I, I just think he's going to – he could have a really big game. I, I, I actually like I like that a lot because, like, we, we've seen him uh, have some pretty strong games down here. You know, obviously not anywhere close to, like, a 9-10 catch game. But, like, yeah. he's come up with some big catches over the last couple weeks. And, and for, for a guy who really um, – really had a quiet year and really kind of became the odd man out at times. You know, it's nice to see him get going because again, you know, you're going to need all hands on deck to beat this team. I mean, we, we talk about it being as simple as containing Aaron Donald. Well, that's assuming that everyone else is doing their job and you can feel fairly confident in the Patriots that they're, they're going to be able to do that. Um, you just, again, it, that my X factor again, I, I got to go Aaron Donald and, and that's for both teams because you know, and, and that I guess I guess you could say Aaron Donald slash the Patriots offensive line because I, I it's hard for me. I could sit here and pick James White, obviously Tom Brady, you know, they're they're gonna be huge factors, but you know, if that if it starts with the line play and you know, if 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 the if the line isn't up to snuff, then you know, again, we're we're looking at a you know, maybe another uh, repeat of 2011, you know, against the Giants or 20, 2007 where they just manhandle the, the offensive line and they, you know, become a turn turnstile. So, again, it, it's it's tough because, like, I, I think the Patriots have the advantage in this game. I think they match up well despite having it. You know, obviously, they finished with a worse record this year. Um, I still think that they're, they're the better team. And obviously, being here as often as they are does help. I mean, it's not going to... It's not going to be a deciding factor, but I don't think anyone's worried about Tom Brady performing in the big stage. You know he's going to perform, and you know if he's given an opportunity to win the game on the final drive, 99.9% of the time it's going to happen. So, again, this, to me it just makes me go right back to the line play and and containing Aaron Donald. So if, if the Patriots offensive line, which is, it's been fantastic majority of the season, if it continues to do so, 
again, I think we're going to be having a pretty uh, a pretty good Sunday night. Can I throw in another X factor? Oh, yeah. Kyle Van Noy. <laughs> no, Patriots defense as a whole. Yeah. What yeah. defense are we going to see? <clears throat> are we going to see the home defense where, mm-hmm. you know, it's been pretty dominant? And I thought against Kansas City they were pretty good for like three quarters and then yeah. kind of went to crap on both sides <laughs> in the fourth. But, you know, if they can come out and get two or three defensive stops, that could be enough. Well, and, and that's 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 key too. And it's like, you know, from everything we've seen, uh, it, it looks like Atlanta is going to be a majority of Patriots fans, and, and that's not really that surprising because we we know that we know the markets, you know, we know yeah. the you know Boston and, and New England versus you know Los Angeles, you know. So it's it's, and I'm pretty sure I saw uh, uh, Drake wearing a Rams jacket. So I, I think that's 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 a pretty good sign. That's a pretty good sign for anyone out there who who uh, buys into all the superstition and stuff that surrounds this game. And another thing, and I know we. Uh, I think Mike and I talked about this, but I'm sure it's been mentioned. But remember, Alabama did lose the national championship game this year. And over the course of the last four years, uh, when when Alabama wins, the Patriots lose. And when Alabama loses, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. So if you buy into that stuff, if, if that is something that might make you feel a little bit better, that's those are two things that are working in the Patriots' favor, too. So <laughs> I like it. But <clears throat> more so to the point of... If there are a lot of Patriots fans here, it might feel a little bit more like a home game. You're going to have the crowd behind you. Um, you're not going to get, I mean, it, look, you, you survived a loud Kansas City crowd, and that's probably the toughest road game you're going to play, you know, all year. You know, it, even if it was earlier in the season, it's probably going to be the toughest road game. So I think they, they really handled that well. Um, and we, we saw we saw in the NFC Championship game that Jared Goff struggled uh, at times with communication. Um you know, what, maybe it was a little bit of nerves, but look, you know, this is Super Bowl, and you you got you got to get yourself together very quickly to be able to put a good game. You can't let that get in your head, and um, I think that's where the Patriots' experience is going to play in. And um, yeah, so I, I like the defense as you know as another big X factor, and I think given the environment that they're going to be in, I think they're going to do pretty well because I think it's going to be about eighty percent Patriots fans in that building. So what did you think of the report that McVay is not practicing against crowd noise this week? Uh, I don't know if I take too much into it. Be- I, I mean, I, I would maybe would have done that just because they had so many issues uh, against the Saints. Um, you know, again, you're probably not going to get the same, you know, even if the, it is majority Patriots fans, it's still not Gillette mm-hmm. Stadium. So it's not, you know, right. it's not going to be the same as New Orleans in New Orleans. But um I, f- I feel like that might be an oversight. I mean, because you you think, oh, wait, crowd noise, blah blah. blah. Look, that that's a big deal. And if uh, if they can't communicate right on offense, or e- all you need is one mistake. If Jared Goff makes one mistake, that that could be all the Patriots need to just run away with this game. Because if he if if he throws a bad pass or miscommunicates with a wide receiver, and the wide receivers going in a different direction, you know, just because they can't hear each other, that's a big issue. But um, Look, I mean, McVay's a great coach. He's 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 proven that he he's he's certainly capable of of continuing to grow. Again, I'm not, you know, putting him up on a pedestal yet. You know, again, let's let's get back to pump the brakes. Let's let's you know let it play out a little bit longer. Um, but you know, he, he maybe this this could end up being a, a a hard lesson for Sean McVay this Sunday because he has a very very tall order going up against Bill Belichick. 
really it's it's you know again the Patriots have had success against younger quarterbacks younger coaches and <clears throat> as great as McVay is you know and has you know creative as he is it's like you know this is still Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and you better be able to adjust because if if you come in and all of a sudden what you're doing that was working for the first quarter all of a sudden comes to a halt you're going to have to be able to do a 180 and figure out what you can do to to be effective against this Patriots defense because you know the Patriots are going to do that if they come out and they start slow they're going to be a completely different team the next drive or the drive after they're going to completely shift what they're doing offensively or defensively and adjust to that can the Rams do that that's that's the question and I, I think that's a big question that that really you know if I was a Rams fan I would be worried about because we, we know what the Patriots are they're 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 a chameleon they're, they can shift they can change they can you know they can they can be a run heavy offense one minute they can be a spread them out uh, deep downfield type of offense the next and and you really don't know what you're going to get because it's all predicated on what the Rams are giving the Patriots so um yeah, I think that's going to be it's, it's it's a huge matchup the coaching in this game. And, you know, we we all know the big storylines, well, Belichick 67, Sean McVay's 33. You know, this is the 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 young phenom versus the, you know, the greatest coach of all time, blah blah blah, all that stuff, but really it's a, it's an important matchup in this game. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right when you talk about the coaching edge and how how much of a factor that is. And in my opinion, where Bill Belichick has the clear edge in this, and it's something that was talked about earlier on this week, and I really kind of zeroed in on it within the last couple of days, and where I think Belichick has that is the discipline to be able to manage the game, including managing his timeouts and his challenges on fourth down decisions. During this playoff run alone, Sean McVay nearly passed up one fourth and short opportunity against the Cowboys, then he tried to draw them off sides in a goal-to-go situation, only to use that timeout before realizing that he really had messed up a lot. In situations like that, that's where the experience comes in. You would never see Bill Belichick do something like that. And that, to me, is where this can really come down to a matchup of coaching decisions. So Belichick has been there before. He knows what it takes to win these games. Um, there's a clear, clear edge in coaching here. And, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Sean McVay, and I think he's going to be a great coach in this league for many years to come. I think he's shown that ability. So this is no way a knock to Sean McVay, but... He's not at Bill Belichick's level yet, and I've seen some in the media that were willing to anoint him as being either at or near where Bill Belichick is right now, and I just don't see that. So I think there's definitely a coaching edge when it comes to uh, uh, to the uh, the New England Patriots, no question about it. If it gets down to strategy and one decision-making here or there, one way or another, I don't see Belichick losing that matchup, especially after the criticisms that he got last year's Super Bowl of being outcoached, you know, by Doug Peterson and the and the um and the, the Philadelphia Eagles about the decision to bench Malcolm Butler, things of that nature. I actually had a question pop up in my DMs earlier this week. Well who do you think is going to be the uh the the unexpected uh, inactive or who do you think he's going to sit this year? I mean that still sticks in the craw of New England Patriots fans. They still look at last year's Super Bowl as one that got away. So I do think Belichick's going to be on heightened alert this year, um, not because of what the fans or the media think, but just because of his own ability and his own opinion um, and what he knows that he can do uh, this is going to be one that I think he's going to coach a very very razor thin uh, in a good way and I think that may spell some difficulty for the Rams if it does come down to a battle of coaching decisions 
Yeah, give give me yeah, Bill definitely. Belichick versus anyone any day. So. <laughs> yeah, and to me, like I know we hate talking about last year, but Doug Peterson basically came out and punched Bill in the mouth with some mm-hmm. of the decisions he made. It was pretty impressive by Peterson. You know, he showed no fear. I mean, a lot of times coaches, especially the first or second time they go up against Bill, they're kind of hesitant. You know, they it's fourth and one or whatever. They'll never go for it, that kind of thing. But Peterson, you know, they came out and they were guns blazing. They didn't hold anything back. And, and they had to. And that's a great point, Steve. And I think that a lot of people forget that about him being aggressive. I also think, to pump the brakes on that just a little bit, though, I also think that Peterson was able to do that because of the personnel that the Patriots were throwing out there last year. Don't forget, yeah. Malcolm Butler was sitting on the bench. Johnson, they had Stephon Gilmore. There's no question. Johnson Batamosi was a guy that was out there. Eric Rowe, I think, played a solid Super Bowl. I really kind of feel yeah, bad he got, about he got all a bad of the negativity that he gets. He really did play a solid game, but I would definitely take the crew that they have this year in terms of the corners with Jason oh, Jackson, yeah, Jason McCordy, Stephon Gilmore. They are much more formidable in the uh, um, in the secondary this year. I think that closes that gap a little bit and makes those, you know, guts to the wall decisions. I think a little bit more tough for a a coach to be able to make. I don't know if Doug Peterson would be as aggressive as he was last year going against this current Patriots team. So. Although Sean McVay is probably going to watch some of that from last year and see what Doug Peterson did to take the Patriots off their game, keep in mind this is a different personnel on defense. I think they're much more formidable this year, especially the influence that Brian Flores has had about getting you know these guys a little bit more freed up to get after the pass a little bit and freeing up the defensive ends and the front seven to be able to close the gap. So I, I don't know if necessarily that that you know, punch in the mouth would be the best course of action for the Rams to take today. But we'll see. You know, that's why they play the games. Well, you, you look back to last year, and it's like that was necessary for Philadelphia because they didn't punt a single, a single time the entire game, and they only won by one score. So in order for them to beat the Patriots, even at their weakest state, because, you know, in hindsight, you look back and like, oh, my God, they had – you know, the Johnson bad Amosi. And, again, I think Eric Rowe got a bad rap after that game. He, he didn't have a – his best game, but it certainly wasn't as bad as what people were putting on him. And, you know, of course, no Malcolm Butler. So there was a, there was a lot of things that just didn't go right for the Patriots, but yet they only lost by one score. And, you know, so to me, I look at it as that's kind of a once in a, I mean, how often like is a team that perfect where every, I mean, granted you, you had to, you had to get some rule changes in your favor mid game. Let's throw that out there, you know. We're not harping on it, you know. We're not certainly not, <laughs> certainly not like New Orleans. I mean, trust me, we. I'm sure the Patriots could have put up a much bigger fuss about that Super Bowl, considering that they changed the rules uh, in the middle of the game uh, when it comes to making catch and all that. But hey, you know, whatever. That was last year. The point is, the Eagles needed to play a perfect game, as bad as the Patriots were, and as. Uh, tumultuous as the Patriots were that game, and we, we, we obviously saw it after the fact, they still needed to play a perfect game. And that was keeping the foot on the pedal and going forward on fourth down and, and running trick plays and, and forcing the ball downfield and not, you know, second guessing a decision and just saying, hey, let's go. Let's go for it. House money. Let's, let's just go. Why not? And 
to their credit, it worked, and they beat the Patriots and uh, a Tom Brady-led team that you know where he threw 500 yards <laughs> and didn't throw an interception. You know, of course, the the fumble happened, but again, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, and when I come to when I look at this game, there's a lot of factors that I look at. Obviously, the X's and O's part of it. I look at you know, like like Mike said, it's it's a it's a Super Bowl that got away last year for this team, and I think that mentality. It, it resonates with this team, especially the players that were here last year, because they know they lost an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. And I don't think that's going to happen again. And I, you know, it's just to me, I just, I feel, I can't see this Patriots team losing Super Bowls in back-to-back seasons. And especially the way they lost last year. I think they look at that as they know what they have to do. And it's just, it's, to me, it's just it, it seems like it's a team that is is much more prepared and in a better spot going into the Super Bowl this year than they were last year. And you know, I like the matchup better too. So, well, if this team's defense played in last year's Super Bowl, the Patriots would have won. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's something that really hasn't, you know, I, I know in years past, it's like, man, a, a quarterback goes back to, to throw, a, throw a pass and you just kind of hold your breath because you're like, oh, God, which cornerback's going to get absolutely torched this time? Let me guess. Well, it's probably going to be Johnson Batamosi. So, and, and lo and behold, you know, it would happen. It would be a, you know, separation by about 20 yards. And, but this year, it's like, Man, even when a quarterback goes, you know, looks down fail, I th- I just I assume that they're going to be in position. And even if, even if a catch is made, 9 times out of 10, that defensive player it was in in the position to make the play, it's just a nice play. And sometimes you have to tip your cat your you, you know, your hat to the actual the receiver and the the quarterback who threw the ball. So, um I love the secondary. I think I I think they're uh, an incredibly great unit i think they work extremely well together and which again is a far cry from the start of last year where you know it looked like they were never going to figure it out so um you know again i i I think everything is 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 there for the patriots to win this game i think they are the better team despite you know a worse record i have i have a lot better feeling now about gronk especially given this information about his you know Mm -hmm injury because again it's kind of like the whole brady thing where it's like yeah okay you know they say he might be injured but who knows you know like we don't really know but you know when you look at the season as a whole it's like okay yeah no that actually makes more sense because now we can judge it for what it was and how it played out and the same thing with gronk like you know they're talking about week five and then he started to finally get healthy around week 16 and 17 and then you're like you know what that actually kind of lines up and now you see it like all these guys are healthy and the the game the game is there the 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 chance to win their you know as a franchise their sixth Super Bowl is is right there and they just have to they have to execute they got to do their job <laughs> it's really what it comes down to so who does who is, does everyone have for our next factor on defense on defense Ooh. that's Ooh. A, that's a, that's a, that's a good one um I say it's got to be Trey Flowers I think because I I think the Patriots are going to attack Jared Goff because I know. That if they can get into his head, that he's not going to be able to recover. Um, he's not, you know, at least from what I've seen, he's not, uh, you know, he's not to that level yet where he has that uh, mental fortitude that, you know, he may throw a pick, but he he's not going to necessarily be able to recover it. Well, I think if the Patriots continue to get pressure on him, not only will they not be able to get that play action pass going, but he has a tendency to stare down receivers. So if he if he's not able to go through his progressions. 
he's he's going to be much more open to making mistakes. So I think that starts with guys like Trey Flowers and getting that pressure because we know the de- the defensive backs can hold their own, and if if the uh, defensive line is getting pressure, it just makes their job that much easier. And and that's when I can see a turnover or two. And again, that that would spell the end for the Rams very quickly. Mike. I'm about to make Chris really happy. My expector <laughs> on defense is the one, the only KVNO3, Kyle Van Noy. Um, I, I just think that the way, the energy that he brings in the linebacker oh, yeah. core is tremendous. And if he can get going early and make some plays, disrupt some plays, if he can get his hands on an interception, that can completely change the complexity of the way this game is played. And to me, I think that's going to be a huge factor if if the Rams are forced to try to spread the ball out. And I think that's really, I think that has to be a defensive strategy for the New England Patriots is to take away the run, clog the middle when it comes to, uh, to getting, um, when it comes to getting Todd Gurley out of the game. So if there's a secondary, um, if there's a secondary X factor that you want to uh, to kind of put in that uh, that category, I would probably say that a guy that I would look at would be Malcolm Brown because of the fact that he's up front and being able to uh, to control uh, the, uh, the the line of scrimmage and keep Todd Gurley from running at will. He could be a possibility, but uh, I do think the defensive X factor is going to be Kyle Van Noy. If you hear that name a lot today, that means that he's in the mix, disrupting things and making life difficult for the Rams offense. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, to me, it's all about stopping the run first, and so I'm going to go with the Landon Roberts. Ooh, there we go. We got we get some more. That's we got some, this linebacker and uh, defensive line love here going on here. I like it. Yeah, I mean, he's that hit he had against Gordon. I think pretty mm-hmm. much. Oh yeah. Had a massive film in that game on the goal line. I think if you know he has a big game, can shut down. C.J. Anderson or Gurley, maybe get a nice hit early, kind of uh, give Rams a little bit of pause about, oh, these guys came to hit today. Mm-hmm. That could go a long way for them. Well, I, I personally, look, I, I like Brandon Cooks as a, as a receiver. I think he's a fine player, but he doesn't necessarily scare me as, as the type of guy that can completely take over a game. So for me, it's like, you know, again, like you said, if they can be physical, uh, you know, knock him around a little bit, hit him once or twice. Yeah. I, I think you can take him out of the game. Now, you know, maybe he does what he did in last year's Super Bowl and does some I don't I don't I still can't explain what he was thinking when he got concussed and knocked out of the game. It sucks that he got hurt, but like the the, the, the events that led up to that were still like what are what are you trying to do here? And and of course, you know, he never made it back in the game and you know, that was it. So which you know, that doesn't get talked about too often when it comes to the Patriots losing last year, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, I just don't see him as the, he's a, he's a fine player. He can make some big plays. I just don't see him being that guy that will go all Larry Fitzgerald on you in the Super Bowl and just completely, you know, tear you apart. You know, he's not Anquan Bolden, even, you know, we're a guy that for whatever reason, you know, he was perfect with jump ball Joe because <laughs> Joe Flacco would just huck the ball downfield and Anquan Bolden was so big that he would just go up and get the ball. And like, it, so I don't see him as that. And I don't think the Rams have that player unless it's, it's, it's Todd Gurley. And even so it's like, I don't think that the Ram, I, uh, I want to word this right. Cause like, of course, if the Rams are controlling the clock and running Todd Gurley, um, you know, it's, 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 
it's going to be a long day for the Patriots. But teams have a tendency to try to force something. And if, if, if teams, if the Rams try to force Todd Gurley and it's not working, that works in the Patriots' favor, even if he gets a couple big chunk plays. Because, you know, we've seen it in the past with Le'Veon Bell. Like the Patriots, for whatever reason, are really good at slowing down these top running backs because teams feel like they need to get that player involved. The Patriots know they know that or know they think that and they focus their attention on them. And again, Going into this game, I know Bill Belichick is assuming Todd Gurley is that 2,100-yard total yard player uh, and is 100% healthy, and that's how he's going to attack it. And, you know, who knows? A couple hits, and, you know, if he's on the sideline, all of a sudden you're like, okay, he's not healthy. And the Patriots, all of a sudden, you know, the advantage grows in their favor. So, you know, the the front seven is going to be huge in this game. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah, my X factor in defense is Dante Hightower. Yeah, the the forgotten one apparently. Yep, he's the heart and soul of that defense. Case in point, you saw how much they missed him last year. He was in that Super Bowl. Yep, he gets people lined up and they go through him. And he's healthy too. He's he's playing better now than I've seen him play in a long time uh, in terms of explosiveness and his just ability to move. Um, Because we've seen it even last year. Like you were like, oh, you know, he seems a little bit slower. Even earlier this season, he looked a little bit slower. But, you know, we've seen steady progression all year. And he looks a lot more explosive. He's moving side to side a lot better. And again, like you said, his his presence on that field, uh, directing that defense is just, it's invaluable to that team. And, you know, all those guys... Uh, uh, go off of that, you know, the Kyle Van Noys, the Landon Roberts, all those guys play off of his energy and what he does. And it's like, I mean, look, you have, you have some very powerful personalities on that defense on at every level between you got, obviously, you know, Trey Flowers, Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty. Uh, I mean, they, these are guys that can really get set the tone. And I feel like that might've been something they were lacking a bit last year, and and it obviously showed when they <laughs> gave up forty one points in the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, and, and I've been had I've had my ear to the ground, I should say, uh, all week long on uh, Dante, especially after he uh, popped up with an illness on the injury report earlier this week. Uh, that doesn't seem to be a factor anymore. He looks to be good to go, and I don't think that's going to show any signs of of anything. So, any Patriots fans a little worried about that right now? Dante looks to be good to go. No, and that's Did good. You and see that, a- right? Oh, go ahead. Did you see that he wanted to play through that torn pectoral muscle last year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, honestly, that does not surprise me. That yeah. does not surprise me one bit because he's, I mean, he, he I mean, didn't he have a, a torn labrum uh, in Super Bowl 49, I believe? He made that final yeah. tackle. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, <laughs> I trust me, when he says that, I believe him. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like I look at that, and I'm like, man, yeah, he would have definitely done that. And you know what? You know, he could have made a difference. I mean, really, because when you think about right. it, all the Patriots needed to do was make one stop, one stop in that game, and it, it's and that, that's what that's what you know, you know, that's that's probably what what gets to me the most is just like it sucks because it was there, it was in you know, it was there for the taking, but you know, unfortunately, this was the year that they didn't uh, take advantage of that. However. Mm-hmm several hours from now can uh, exercise the demons as they say mm-hmm. and 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 make everyone forget about that little kerfuffle out in uh <laughs> down in uh up in Minnesota Minnesota 
I don't ever want to oh, hear yeah, that. Did you bury that song? By I, the did, way. I, I did. I did. I'm never. I have never taken that out. I deleted that off my computer that day. I was like, nope. For anybody that's unfamiliar with it, I don't know if our buddies on the other end of the microphone right now remember that. We found a pretty pretty awful Minnesota song last year that we thought would be pretty funny to open the show with, and we did it a few times leading up to this. Yeah, yeah. Didn't go over too well. I haven't listened to it since. I never want to hear that again. Um, it's called the Minnesota song. If anybody wants to go on YouTube and take a listen to it, I, I wouldn't recommend it. But uh, and that's no, you know, that's no disrespect to the person that recorded it. It's it's a funny little song. It's got a cute little beat to it, but uh, just uh, not one that you want to uh, relive if you're a Patriots fan. So yeah, that's that's like a that's like a dead game ball. You're gonna bury that one. Is it anything like the uh, San Diego Superchargers song? Oh man! Oh no, the San Diego Superchargers is sacred. That's no, 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 no. That's that's uh, that, that's. Not... I mean, d- d- are you? No, there's a lot worse. Trust me. Are you guys? Are, are you guys looking at my computer right now? Because I mean, I am kind of starting to cue something up right now that that may actually, you know. <laughs> be a much better song. It's something that I wanted to play before. So, uh, yeah. Oh, can you hear that? <laughs> oh yeah. I love this song. <laughs> da, 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 da. Superchargers. My my. Come on, Chris. You know the words. Come on, Chris, do it. We're going away. We're gonna dazzle you with our play. <laughs> I know the whole. I know the whole song. There, there was a time in my for life. Anyone that doesn't, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, my, my my good friend on the other end of the microphone right now just moonwalked across his living room as that came on. That was yeah, and and he's he's doing the disco moves, the spin around. You know, it's yeah. It's, I, it's good I, stuff. There was there was a time in my life where I played that song quite a bit, and I, I don't remember why. Um, it was probably for 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 not not you know not a not a important reason to say the least, but uh, certainly uh, something that <laughs> I I enjoyed listening to, and I would pay ad nauseum to people. So um, yeah, you know it's 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 uh, it's near and dear to my heart. Let's just put it that way. Um, this that song. So, <laughs> but unfortunately, the Patriots are not playing the San Diego Superchargers. Uh, they are not playing. Uh, any AFC team, they're playing the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and they don't have a cool song, so I'm not going to play it. And I don't want to jinx us like we did last year. So um, we'll save that for next year. Maybe they'll play the – maybe the Chargers will figure out what they're doing and move back to San Diego and be all good. So um, <laughs> so here we are. We're, we're, get, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. It is, it is 11.45. we got about 15 minutes left here in the show. Um and about six, uh, seven hours before kickoff, so uh, we have plenty of time to kill. <laughs> I know, I know, I know it's game day, but it's still so far away. But um, if you aren't planning on watching the game, uh, just listen to these last fifteen minutes because we're going to kind of tell you what's going to happen. Um, I want to, I want to get you guys' uh, MVP picks, um, and I will. Uh, actually, I'll start. I'll start this time because. As much as I want to go off the beaten path and pick someone like James White or Julian Edelman, I, to me, I, I, I look at this as a very offensive-heavy game, and I think if that's the case, that means Tom Brady has, has had a really good game, and I think you're looking at him becoming a five-time. Five <laughs> if anyone knows, my good friend Booker T, five-time, five-time, five-time <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. 
And if you ain't down with that, okay, I'm, mix, I'm mixing things up a little bit here. Uh, but but anyways, again, like I said, all I need is a trigger word to get off. All I had to say is five times, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking Booker T, Spinneroonies, and all, all the whole junk. So um, I'll tell you what, I, I will do I will do a, uh, a Spinneroonie if the Patriots win on camera. At, at some there point. you go. Yeah, there you go. So I'm putting it out there. Okay, all, folks, you just heard that. Yeah, you just heard that. All <laughs> all, all ten thousand of our listeners. Okay, that that's an inflated number a little bit, but you know, ballpark. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, Tom Brady, he has to be the guy. I mean, I don't I don't see how. Um, I, I feel like this is going to be an offensive heavy game for the Patriots, and you know, uh, barring James White, again, yeah. You can look to Super Bowl 51 and say, you know, the guy did as much as he probably could to win a Super Bowl MVP, but how can you not give it to Tom Brady? And I, I feel like this is a situation that we're going to run into today where I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of players, James White and Julian Edelman in particular, that may have pretty big games against this team. And I just think they're going to be one of four or five guys on this offense because Brady's going to be spreading the ball around. So um, to me, it, it, it's it's going to be Tom Brady, the MVP. Um yeah, so that's my pick for the MVP, and uh, that kind of alludes to what I'm going to pick as a uh, uh, outcome, but we'll, we'll save that for the very end. So let's go over to Mike. What do you say, Mike? Who's your MVP? Again, I know I've been beating his drum all day long, but I like James White as the MVP in this game, and the reason being is I think that he's going to be a huge factor in the Patriots being able to control the third down battle. I think he gets the ball across, or he gets them in position where they're able to get the ball across fairly easily, and I think that you're going to see a lot of the voters for MVP this year that are going to be a little bit more in tuned on that. I think they might be a little less inclined to give it to Brady simply for the reason that you know, there's just there's fatigue there, and that should not be the case. Listen, Tom Brady is always going to be the MVP on the field when he steps on the field. I don't think there's any question about that. But I think in this game, I think they might be looking to see who else could be a factor. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that could step up to that, to that role, but uh, I really like the way James White matches up against uh, the Rams' defense, and I, I look for him to have a big game. I think he's going to take it home. How about you, Chris? I'm going to go with Sonny Michelle in this game. I think he's going to do what he's done for all season. He'll go for over 100. Super Bowl MVP. I like it. I like it. Steven? I'm going drunk. We all, we all got different MVPs. I like it. I just think he's going to have a massive game like Chris touched on earlier. It's probably going to be his last game. You know, I think he's going to have over 100 receiving yards, couple touchdowns, and probably make one or two ridiculously good catches, like down by his ankles. Where oh yeah, I love those. Most receivers can't do that, and there's someone his size, six seven, two eighty, doing that is just pretty much unreal. And so that's my MVP. I almost went Vanoy, but <laughs> defense, yeah. You know, it, uh, he's, it's already an uphill battle to to win a uh, MVP on it on the defensive side. So, but yeah, and I didn't want to make Chris put on a heart monitor. Because <laughs> I mean, oh, look, I need one of those already. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Has, has anyone? Has anyone? I know people have all the uh, you know the 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 wristband stuff. Has anyone actually monitored their heart rate throughout a Patriots Super Bowl? Because that's something I was always curious about, just to see the the ups and. 
more ups <laughs> that, that, that register throughout the four hours that we're watching I, I, the game. You know what? So. I think there's some knowledge I just don't want to have. That's one of them. I don't <laughs> that's, know that's, how that's, damage that's, I've done to yeah. my heart. You know? <laughs> I'd rather live in the dark. I was going to say, that's like going on WebMD to research a headache and coming out thinking you have a brain tumor. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, no, yeah, I'm good. Exactly. I'm good. I'm, I don't feel like dying today. So, um, so yeah, that's 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 nice. We all got different MVPs, and uh, you know, look, it, it's I I, I think uh, again, I, I'm kind of going with the safe bet here because again, I, I think anyone outside of the quarterback, it's it's going to be tough for them to win just because again, you have to have just an you know an ultra special game. But all those guys are certainly capable of doing it, so it's it's certainly up in the yeah. air for that. And uh, you know, either way, it's it's I think we're all pretty comfortable in, in where this team is heading into this game certainly more so than i think than last year um obviously you know with the power of hinds excuse me with the power of hindsight we can say that because i'm pretty sure we were all confident last year but this team i i think this team is just better prepared and they're 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 focused more on the task and like from what we hear it's like you know they've really taken this underdog uh slight to to heart and 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 they've really embraced it and it starts with tom brady i mean because as Tom Brady goes, we see like everyone falls in line. There's not a single guy that doesn't want to do anything for this guy to win. And I, I think that again speaks volumes to, you know, his his uh, you know, level of being you know, how great of a teammate he he is and has been. And um again, I think it all th- these these are all factors that play into it because I mean this is such a it's such a team game that like you know even the things that you don't think that matter really do matter and i i I think this is the patriots uh in their their you know their most complete form right now and and for anyone out there that's actually rooting for the patriots uh that's 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 a great sign because (laughs) when they're at their best uh again like i said if they they can beat any team in the nfl with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick if they are playing their best football. And I think this is a situation that we're going to see today. And, uh, you know, I'm about to give my pick in just a minute, and you can see that I, I'm, I'm very confident in it. And if, if you decide you wanted to uh, abstain from making a selection, just say, I, pl- I plead the fifth, all right? So I will start. I will get it out there because I've been, I've, been, I've been throwing it out all week. I've said it multiple times. So if I'm wrong, there's a lot of receipts out there. But – I have the Patriots winning 35-24. I think this is a game that the Patriots are going to uh, seize control of fairly early, and I think they're just going to – it's going to be a methodical uh, march to a sixth championship. Not too dissimilar from the first Philadelphia Super Bowl where that was – yeah, it was a three-point game, but – that that was not the same as uh, Super Bowls in the past, where the Patriots had that ten point lead, and you know they kind of let them get back into it, and it just kind of ended at three points. I think this is a game that they take a lead. I think they they contain uh, Todd Gurley, and I think they limit Aaron Donald. And, and if that's the case, I think Brady's gonna tear him apart. He's gonna throw you know three hundred and fifty, four hundred yards, a couple touchdowns, and that's gonna be all she wrote for the Rams. So I got the Patriots thirty five. I got the Rams at 24 and I know I know Mike has a score prediction so I'll move to him next <laughs> I do have a score prediction I think this is going to be a little bit tighter than people think um, from what I've seen with the Rams the one X factor that I think a lot of people haven't spoken about is Wade Phillips and mm-hmm. how he's able to utilize the strengths of his defense to fit the narrative of the game that he's coaching he's really an unsung uh, defensive genius I think and I think he's going to have a game plan that's going to be devised that's going to be able to help keep some points off the board for Tom Brady but not 
a whole lot because I do think that the Patriots are going to be able to run the ball effectively, even though Wade Phillips has kind of tipped his hand a little bit earlier this week and said about Tom Brady having the running game. It's not something he usually has. You know he's queuing in on it, and he's really, really looking for it. Um, so I think this is going to be a tighter game than, uh, than a lot of people think. Uh, but uh, I do think both teams are able to put some points on the board uh, this afternoon. That being said, we talked about that one stop that the Patriots didn't get last year. I think they definitely get that and then some this year. So I like the Patriots in this game, 31-27, to four-point advantage. Uh, Lombardi Trophy, number six, comes home to New England, and Steelers fans collectively lose their <laughs> freaking minds for the next few months, and that will be fun in and of itself. Uh, Andrew Filipponi may actually, oh, his head may explode. Let's um, hope. You know, some of the, uh, yeah, please, I don't even want to get into the fact that this guy last week basically came out and said that he would hope that uh, Brady would suffer a career-ending injury. Yeah, that's, that's, this, this, that's There's a nice objective journalist for you. Yeah. I, I don't care. People say, oh, he's a radio host. I don't care if he's a radio well, host. Well, we not. know. If you say something like that, you're a despicable human being. Yeah. Well, we know, we know Pittsburgh guys are the most upstanding, non-racially biased people of all <laughs> out yeah, there. Well, well, you know what? We only got a couple minutes, so we're not even going to yeah, touch no, 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 that. No, we don't want to get into that one right now. <laughs> we're, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we will we'll that. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll, we'll keep it moving here, but we'll, we'll move yeah. on to Chris. Do you want to give a score prediction? I will give a score prediction, but I'll say the Patriots going to win by 10. Nice. I like it. I think what's going to happen here is something that no one's going to expect on the opening drive. You know, the Rams are thinking that they're going to set out running. I think they're going to spread them out. Mm-hmm. They're just going to come out swinging the ball and not going to expect it. And the Patriots are going to keep them off balance all game. I like it. Number That's six a good point. Home. Yeah, That's no. a good point. I like it, Chris. We could be seeing a mirror image of that Minnesota game. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. <laughs> Steve? Uh, the Pats are going to win by 11. That's ah, my prediction. I like I'm it. I'm not going to give a score, but like you guys said, I think uh, McDaniels is probably going to be his best game plan of the season offensively. I think he's really got to mix it up, keep uh, the Rams, Donald, et cetera, off balance all game. So I like the Pats. You know, Brady, do you think Brady will have more than 500 yards this year? I don't uh, I don't think it'll be 500 yards because I think the Patriots' defense is not yeah. going to allow that many points. But I could still see him pushing 400, a couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, again, I, I think we're all kind of thinking this is going to be a bit more of a pass-heavy game. You know, and, and again, it has a lot to do with trying to offset that pass rush and, and the ability of that defensive line of the Rams to get through on the Patriots. So um, I like it. We all got a clean sweep. Uh, Mike is obviously the the only uh, one that he always he always. Uh, is a little bit more cautious than the rest of us. If I pick a fifteen yeah, I'm, point, I'm win, always conservative. In yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, Mike likes it. You know, balances us out. You know, balances us all out. But no, I think we're all kind of on the same page in terms of how this game's going to play out. Um, I think we're all pretty confident, and rightfully so. I mean, this team is. Uh, look, they're they're playing in their ninth Super Bowl under Brady and Belichick. Um, <laughs> third in a row. Like, I mean, this 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 team knows what they have to do to win, and. Uh, you know, hopefully in a couple hours we're we're all going to be chatting and and having a good time talking about how you know the Patriots are have now won six of nine get it uh, Super Bowls that they've been in in this run. So again, that number sixty nine continues to rear its head. So I just want to say thank you, 
Chris, Steve, Mike, of course, uh, everyone out there who listened and everyone out there who uh, may listen to the replay as we play it leading up to the Super Bowl. So if you just tuned in now, you can catch the whole entire show here in a little bit. Um, I just want to say thank you for listening and joining us. And um, you can follow me on Twitter if you if, if you feel like it. It's uh, at IG. L-E-N-31. <laughs> Almost screwed that one up. Uh, you can follow Mike over on Twitter. It's at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. We got our friend Chris Blackie. It's at Chris underscore Blackie, B-L-A-C-K-E-Y. Don't forget that E now. And of course, just like the Patriots do every first weekend in February, we have Steven's handle and it's at we play for titles and that's exactly what the patriots do because why else why else are we are, are they playing the game so again thank you guys be sure to check out fullpresscoverage.com check out boston uh sports blitz podcast hosted by chris and steve and then of course diehardbostonsports.com great content um pat's pulpit of course you know they have both you know they share our stuff and of course uh they, we have the pat's blitz podcast hosted by our our two friends here as well so again thank you everyone for tuning in uh enjoy your sunday enjoy your food enjoy super bowl sunday and let's go patriots guys been a blast folks thanks for everything thank you have a great day guys you too thanks you you want to serve the commonwealth this is your chance Hyde, he's running the right field, that was stolen to the right, Hunter on the move, racing back, it's over his head, it's over his head!